Parak Gimel, Mishnah Yud. And with Mishnah Yud, we'll complete the third chapter. So to understand Mishnah Yud, we have to know that during the times of the Mishnah, when a man would marry a woman, first he would be Mekadeshur in front of two witnesses. He'd do the Kedushin. And then the woman would become his Arusa. And then he would leave her by her father's home. Could be, you know, for a year. Uh, and then when it came time for the Nisuin, for the actual marriage, he'd bring her to the Chuppah and then bring her as his wife to his home. Right? That was in the times of the Mishnah. Nowadays, we do the Kedushin and the Nisuin at the same time during the Chuppah, but during the times of the Mishnah, it was separate. And with that in mind, let's see Mishnah Yud. Shnayim Shekitshu Shtenashim. Two people marry two women. Meaning, Reuven marries Dina, Moshe marries Zipporah. So it's Random people to random women. At least that's uh, at this point of the Mishnah. Reuven marries Dina. Moshe marries Zipporah. Ubishas Kirisasan. So that's, I'm sorry, that's the Kedushin. They did the Kedushin so far. And now, Ubishas Kirisasan L'Chuppah Hechlifu. And now when it came time for the Nesuin to bring them to the Chuppah, the women got mixed up by mistake as an accident. Bishogig. Eshel Zalazah. Veshel Zalazah. Reuven, instead of bringing Dina to the, to the Chuppah, he brought Zipporah. And Moshe, instead of bringing support to the Chapa, he brought Dina. So, what's going to be? They are obligated to bring a carbon chat as a sin offering for this sin for several reasons, and that's what this mission is going to bring down. Number one, each one is marrying their friend's wife. So that's Ashish Ish. It's, uh, it's a tremendous sin. They have to bring a carbon chat for it. Um, okay. Now, what happens? If, let's make the case even worse. And what happens if Reuben and Moshe were brothers? So now they also have a problem of Mishim Eishas Ach, the prohibition of your wife's brother, which is prohibited. Chayev Mehim Ach, they're also Chayev because of Eishas Ach, of your wife's brother. V'yachapi, even though there's a concept that an Isser cannot take effect on an Isser, we don't pile up Yisurim, right? Nevertheless, Hari, since the Yisurim came at the same time, meaning at the time that Reuben married Dina, Right, did the Kedushin, so right away Dina became prohibited to Moshe because of Eishas Ish, your husband, your, 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 a regular married woman. Umishim Eishas Ach Ke'echad, and your wife's brother at the same time, meaning the prohibition of marrying a married woman and marrying your wife's brother came at the same time, right? Because the moment Ruve married Dina, Dina's married now, and Dina's also married to Moshe's brother. So if Moshe were to live with Dina, he's living with a woman who's married and married to his brother. So that's two Isurim, two prohibitions. Since they come at the same time, we can pile them up. Let's make it worse. If Dina and Zipporah were sisters, you have another problem now. You can't marry, can't be married to two sisters. That's another prohibition you add to the equation here. You're also liable for marrying your wife's, you're, you're, you're marrying two sisters. Two sisters. Yeah. This is and this Isser is included from the concept of Isser Kolal. We can include this Isser amongst the other Yisurim. Shekishikidish Moshe Sipora and Moshe did the Kedusha and Sipora. Kolal Kolal Chayos Shela Beisser Achos Isha. So when he did the Kedusha on her, he blocked himself out from marrying any of her sisters. So basically, when Moshe did Kedushan and Zipporah. So now Dina became prohibited to him for three reasons. Number one, she's married to a married man. Number two, she is your brother's wife. Number three, she's your wife's sister. It all comes um, together. 
Vimayunidos. Now, if these women were Nida, so then they're also liable, Mishum Nida, from living with a Nida. And that would be from the din of Isser Mosa, to add an Isser to these Isurim. Because since Jehovah knows if Allah Isser Zel since the Isser of Nida would be applicable even to her own husband, certainly we could add it on to these Isurim for somebody else. So you have all these problems. Now what happens? You have to get rid of these women. So what do you do? So you separate from them for three months before they go back to their original spouses. Right? Before Dina goes back to Uvein and support goes back to Moshe. They have to be separated for three months. Unless they, become, unless they have become pregnant from their relationships to the wrong spouses. And then the children that would come from, forth from that union would be a mamzer. wouldn't be a kosher a seed, it would be an invalid seed. So you wait three months to see if they're pregnant. And then they, get, then they go back to their spouses. But if they were minors, and they weren't at a stage to be able to give birth. Then they could go back to the original husbands immediately. They don't have to wait three months. And if these women were kohanim, they were the daughters of kohanim, then nivslut min truma they become invalid from truma, meaning they no longer can eat from truma in their father's home, even after their their own husband dies, they become invalid. Right? They married a Yisrael, so then they can't eat truma. What if their husband dies? So in this scenario, even when they go back to their father's house, even after their husband dies, even though this whole thing came as a mistake, they are invalid. They cannot eat truma anymore, even though they're a coin. Okay. And with that, we conclude Mishnah Yud. Moving to the new chapter, Perak Dalid, the fourth chapter, Mishnah Aleph. Hacholitz Liavimto. So you have, you know, two brothers, uh, they're, you know, one, they're both married, one of them dies, and his wife falls to Yibam to the other brother, like a normal case. So the surviving brother says, you know what, I don't want to do Yibam, I just want to do a Chalitza, and, you know, just get rid of her. So Hacholitz Liavimto, a person does a Chalitza, like normal. And then they find out that this woman was actually pregnant from her husband that had passed away. And then she gives birth. So technically the chalitza wasn't really necessary. Because if a brother dies and he had children or his wife was going to have children, chalitza is not required. So what's the problem if you do a chalitza that wasn't required? So let's see. So a chalitz liyavimto, regular case, a person that's chalitza to the avama, but then you find out that she was actually pregnant from her deceased husband. Viyalda, and she gives birth. When you know the son is going to, you know, is, is kayama, is a, is a valid son, meaning we know it's going to live. It's not a stillborn, stillborn. It's, been a, it's been alive for, you know, a month or two. You know the son will live. So if you know the son will live, comes out that the chalitza was not necessary. Because there's a because the, because they already had a kid. Whenever there's a kid, even though the husband dies, doesn't matter. There's no more yibum anymore. There's no more chalitza. So it's as if the chalitza never really took place. If the chalitza never took place because it wasn't necessary, even though it was done. And therefore, who mutter bikrovoseha? What happens is a chalitza, a woman that had chalitza. The rule is shakin chalitza dina kagurusha. A chalitza, a woman that has chalitza, is the same as a divorced woman. Well, any relative, any relative that she has that would be prohibited to a person because she is divorced, would be prohibited to the one that did the chalitza, because of her chalitza. Right? Meaning, like this. We'll really learn more about this later on in Mishnah Zion. But the concept is that the brother, the surviving brother, is permitted now to, to be married to her relatives. 
Okay, she can a chalutza because we like that's chalutza, right? Chalutza is like a like a divorced woman. Any relative of a divorced woman that you would be prohibited to, because this woman was divorced and you can't marry her 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 relatives. We'll see what this is later on. So the same rule would apply normally to one that had a chalitza. But over here, she chalitza, so the chalitza was not necessary. This brother would be permitted to her relatives. Okay, vihi muteres bekrovav. And she's permitted to his relatives. Meaning, for example, if the surviving brother had another brother from his mother, not from the same father. So it's not the the brother of the dead brother that, that died, but it's a brother from the mother from the other side. So she's now permitted to marry him. Because the fact that she had a chalitza will not prohibit her on marrying the deceased brother from the mother, not from the father. That wouldn't prohibit prohibit her from marrying him. Normally it would. But since the chalitza wasn't necessary, we view as if there was no chalitza, and she can marry Vihim Muteras Bekorvav, she is permitted to his relatives. Okay. Uh, kahuna. She's not invalid from Kahuna for marrying a Kohen. Adia chalitza, right? Because a Kohen cannot marry a woman that had chalitza or a woman that was divorced. Here she could marry a Kohen because we don't look at it as if she had a chalitza. Right, let's see over here. Yeah, okay. And then the opposite case now. So what happens though, if if the son that she had is not a Kayama, meaning it could be a stillborn, right, or it could be that it died, then the Chalitza was necessary, of course, because then we view it as if she never really had children. So now, who also he, the surviving brother, is prohibited to her relatives, she is prohibited to his relatives, and she is no longer permitted to marry to a Kohen, just like a divorced woman, because a Kohen cannot marry a woman that had a Chalitza, or a woman that was divorced. Bram, they bring down Yeshdiya, because there's a opinion in the Gemara, that she needs Chalitza a second time, because she had a kid and the kid died, right? Because they say that the Chalitza, when Lefisha Chalitza Mubaris, the Chalitza of a pregnant woman, is only... It's only like only works on a rabbinic level as a stringency, but it's not the real thing. So according to the opinion of the Gemara, she'd have to have another chalitza now that the son died. All right, I'll hold it over here for Mishnah Aleph.